0: Holler horse from the land of the laws. Behold the pale horse, or follow me. Who tang gotta be the best thing, African killer bees, black watch on your radio, blowing out your watch from Park Hill, the house of Haunted Hill. Every time you walk by your back, get a chill. Let's build, want to talk about skill. I spit like a to the grill. Elbow grease and elbow.
1: It is DFS MVP alongside TJ Hernandez, four for four director of dfs i'm holding kushner and uh, week two coming up here tj we both had nice week ones week two though getting me started with a little wu-tang clan i like it dude yeah man uh
0: gravel pit from the 2000 album the w uh it's always nice to have a little wu-tang in the mix and if you like that song as well as all of the other intro songs from the dfs mvp podcast you could find it on our spotify playlist just search dfs mvp and spotify or follow me on Twitter. I'm always tweeting out the link to that playlist along with the podcast. Before we get into everything this week, DFS is here and we've partnered with DraftKings to bring you any of our 4for4 4 4 memberships for free. All you have to do is go to 4for4.com, that's the number 4 f o r the number slash draftkings and follow the
1: instructions. Uh real quick, if it was like 15 years ago, would we have a MySpace playlist? I think we would. We, and, and we would have um, to all of our top friends would just be our plays, <laughs> our best plays of the week. You know, I never had MySpace. Just never got into it, dude. I, always I definitely used, had MySpace. I, I always use Facebook to meet women. That was, <laughs> that was the way to do it, man. That was the way to do it. Okay, anyways, uh, here we go. we got the week two plays. Also, we're going to try and help you find the most profitable games uh, because just playing in any single tournament, you might not be getting the best return on your investment. Uh, sign up right now. Also, DFS MVP, the code DFS MVP. You get 10% off the DFS sub only. Uh, so we had free content week one. Now you'll get a 10% off on the DFS sub only. The rate and review t-shirt giveaway. If you leave us a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win. Uh, and while you're at it, check out my podcast fantasy first. It's growing huge. It's a daily news podcast. So every single Monday through Friday, except for yesterday, I was sick last night, but Monday through Friday, I get you every single note from around the NFL and a lot of stuff that you won't see out there too. So that's good. And then we got a pretty cool one called ship chasing covering high stakes fantasy football, uh, which I used to really be into. And then I had two kids and I can't risk it anymore. <laughs> Who's the winner this week for the, uh, rate and review t-shirt giveaway. Uh,
0: J457Murphy left us a nice review on iTunes so J457Murphy hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez and I will get you hooked up with the details on how to get that free fresh soft 444 swag
1: alright so if you're a new listener here's what we do every week during the regular season we touch on uh, some of our core plays at every position for the main slates main slates and then we follow it with a theory segment what's today's theory segment by the way uh, yeah, Today we're going to be talking about
0: uh, what you you mentioned, finding the most profitable games, uh, playing across sites, and learning just to uh, shop for rake and just what all of these different things mean. And, and we've talked about game selection in the past, but I'm going to go through more of a little walkthrough this week.
1: All right, we're going to find some value from the early pricing on Monday night, right? And we got to figure out what we're doing with the Raiders, so a couple big things here. Um, let's start at quarterback. I mean... Personally, I see a whole bunch of quarterback options this week. Are there any traps? It's a trap. You and I were were discussing Tom Brady. I think we disagree on whether this is going to be a trap for him. I don't think he's – he's not that priced up on FanDuel. He's kind of, what, mid-tier there? Um, Yeah. Higher mid-tier on DraftKings. Are you considering him? I know it's not on the list. I just – since we had a good conversation about him, I just want to start with him and your thoughts on the Patriots.
0: Yeah, well, he's definitely um, somebody that is going to be a consideration and who uh, is going to show up high on value reports. And I I think him and the Patriots can be a bit of a trap. And after we get to them, I kind of want to circle back to the Raiders before we get into all these positions. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, the reason I have concerns about Tom Brady is is and just the Patriots in general is uh for a couple of reasons. One, we just know that this offense in general is going to be uh very high variance in terms of who gets the fantasy production. Uh they obviously have Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, um and possibly antonio brown this week in the passing game we don't know what's going on with his uh playing time as far as uh legal troubles go and then now they have a a backfield that looks like it's back to a three-headed monster uh with sony michelle james white and rex burkhead actually getting uh most of the work last week obviously that had to do with the blowout scenario um but with all those pieces involved even if the Patriots do come out and scored 28 first half points. It could easily be to four different players and variants uh, that that could be two different running backs, one receiver. Um, and, you know, maybe like a defensive touchdown. If that happens, then all of a sudden Brady, even if he has 300 yards in the first half uh, might just have one touchdown. And even on, especially on Fandle, where you're not getting the bonus points um, there is he he can have uh, unspectacular day even if the Patriots are going nuts and then last week what we saw the reason Rex Burkhead uh, did end up with most of the work is because of the blow factor against the Steelers and that's that's very much in play this week the uh, Patriots are favored by 18 and a half or 19 depending where you look but those are all things you have to take into consideration and then especially on FanDuel we have a couple of players that we're going to talk about that are priced uh, very similar to tom brady who i i think you can let you get away from him that might be a little bit safer even though the the vegas
1: indicators and the scoring might not be uh, as high as the patriots are showing all right so let's get into qb we'll start with jared goff 7600 yeah. fandle 5900 dk taking on new orleans we're expecting a shootout here on the other side you got drew Brees. you look at the home road splits. so that's a little interesting there but uh, why Jared Goff?
0: Yeah. Can I circle back to the Raiders before we get
1: into uh, before we get into Goff? Because what do you mean? You're TJ Hernandez. Of course you could circle back <laughs> to them. I, it's, I said before we get into positions, we're going to find the value and what to do with the Raiders. So let's yeah. do that first. I have ADD tonight. I'm too but, tired. No,
0: it's all good. The reason I want to address them before we get into our position by position breakdown is just because uh, one of the biggest ways to find value um, in DFS is when pricing comes out. Before the Monday night game, and then something changes where, uh, whether it be an injury or a change in target share, just players are playing better than we expect. Uh, and they're severely underpriced Raiders have that at pretty much every position this week Uh Derek Carr's 5100 on DraftKings and 6600 on FanDuel Josh Jacobs is severely underpriced he was near the top of the league in terms of running back touches Tyrell Williams uh, severely underpriced on both sides he was near the top of the league in target share Dar- Darren Waller at tight end he was near the top of the league in target share all those guys are underpriced so we have a lot of value on the Raiders in a game that should be very high scoring but even though though they are each probably the best or near the best values at their position, even in cash games, like I'm fine taking on some variants, but I don't think anybody's going to play all four of these guys um, in cash games, car Jacobs, uh, Williams, and, and Waller. So I I just want to address that. They're all individual values. Uh, I think the most likely scenario is that the Raiders probably get behind big, relatively quick. Uh, Derek Carr, especially on DraftKings, there are a couple options priced around him, even though he is really cheap, uh, where you can go elsewhere. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I think, could be a little bit of a trap, even though he is way under price, just because we saw him only get one target last week. Now, the Raiders were pretty comfortably ahead for most of the game, so they didn't need to throw that much so it doesn't mean that they can't use jacobs in the passing game but there is some game script concern there even though this should be really high scoring so if i had to say exactly what i'm gonna do with these players in cash i'm probably leaning towards waller and williams as my free squares from this offense and uh and then using Carr and jacobs Warren in gpps but especially on DraftKings, where jacobs is 4700 i don't know if you could get away from that cheap running back i i just do think his floor is is a little bit uh, lower than some people might suspect. So I just wanted to get out that out of the way so we don't end up doing a podcast where we just have one Raider each position for our values.
1: Okay, very good. And I'm going to disagree with you there because I think Jacobs is a core play mm-hmm. just to me. Um, yeah. And we did see him, you know, they didn't need to throw right. against Denver. Maybe they saw something defensively with Denver. Kansas City's still struggling, man. Yep. I mean they had a guy that looks like a gas station attendant go out and shred him <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> Gardner Minshew. So I'm going to, I'm going to go a little different for me. And I think for the second straight week to TJ, we got a lot of mid price running backs mm-hmm. that you can get away with a cash. Yeah, Exactly. All um,
0: right. Yeah. There's just, there, there's just so much value on the Raiders. I just want to address it and say that they are all definitely cash considerations this week.
1: All right. Let's get to Jared Goff then yep. 7,600 FanDuel, $5,900 DK you got a high over-under. I mean, it's really tough to look away from him. I and mean, you talked about mm-hmm. alternatives to Tom Brady. This is probably going to be your number one guy.
0: Yeah, he's priced almost uh, exactly the same as Tom Brady on FanDuel. A couple hundred dollars left. Uh, 7600 for Goff compared to 7800 for Brady. On DraftKings, you're actually getting a $500 discount to Brady. Uh, over unders 54. You mentioned that uh, the the Rams are at home. They're implied point total is 28 and a half. Uh, Goff is the only quarterback that shows up as a top two value uh, on both FanDuel and DraftKings at 4 for 4 And similar to the Patriots, the Rams do have a lot of variance in terms of who's going to get the scores, uh, whether it be the running backs. Uh, now there's two options between Gurley and uh, Malcolm Brown or Goff and those wide receivers. The difference between uh, Goff and the Rams and Brady and the Patriots here is I don't think the blowout factor should come into play at all, even though the Rams are uh, at home. So this should be more of a shootout scenario and Goff gets to face a defense that finished 2018 ranked 25th in four for four schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. They gave up a 268 and three line to Watson last week. So uh, I, I think Goff probably is where i'm leaning there if i'm comparing him to brady uh just for uh the fact that i think these guys will be playing the whole game and this is more likely to be like 40 30 with both of these teams going back and forth than obviously miami and new england will be
1: i hope so i really hope Uh, so it's gonna be a fun one yeah it is um and there's that revenge factor too and of course drew Brees is playing it down but it should be a good one, and I think it'll probably be the most popular game out there, as, as mm-hmm. far as um, definitely. Well, it'll probably be the Patriots one, right? And then maybe this game. Yeah,
0: we have uh, we have the The Rams, um, so the Rams' collective ownership is always going to be a little bit lower than some of these other popular teams, just because their uh, wide receiver ownership is going to kind of cannibalize each other, and then uh, now Gurley, does, they don't have that super popular running back in Gurley. Uh, but um, but the Saints, uh, the Patriots, the uh, Chiefs should all really dominate ownership this week.
1: All right, let's get into our our next one here and. In- you think this is cash viable Josh Allen 7500 FanDuel 5300 DK given that it's really it's not much of a savings $100 less than than Goff on mm-hmm. FanDuel and but $600 on DK. Yeah, big savings on uh DK. I just wanted to bring up
0: Allen specifically cuz he's another quarterback in that price range. We have uh pff- Four quarterbacks on FanDuel between 7,500 and 7,800. Goff, Brady, Allen, and Dak, who are all uh, probably have pretty similar floors. Allen for different reasons than those other guys, just because he's going to give you uh, that rushing floor. Since week 12 of last year, uh, only one game below 30 rushing yards for Josh Allen, 38 rushing yards last week. So basically you're getting a a passing touchdowns worth of fantasy points uh, before Allen even throws the ball and he is the the price discrepancy is pretty big for a quarterback the QB 12 on Fandle the QB 16 on DraftKings and because of that price discrepancy he comes in as our uh, top value on DraftKings the Giants gave up a 405 and four touchdown line to uh, Dak last week and he's the player that i brought up where if you are in this conundrum where all the raiders look like super good values because of how cheap they are at every position but you don't want to be loaded up on raiders in cash games uh he's only two hundred dollars more than uh than derek carr but i think he'll probably
1: be way less popular our running backs now alvin Kamara. is this mm-hmm. something where you know, you're you're going because they're going to have to rely on him even more in a high-scoring game. Mm-hmm. He's on the road. Tell me why Alvin Kamara really stands out at 8,700 on Fanduel and 8,200 on DK against the Rams. Sure, we don't have um, CMC on the
0: main slate. He's playing on Thursday, so that takes one of uh, one of our our rocks as far as like the the high-volume running backs goes. Uh, we don't really know. If Zeke is going to get that huge workload back yet, we obviously saw them ease him into like a 50% backfield share last week. And then uh, Kamara just comes at a huge discount compared to Saquon $500 less than Saquon on FanDuel, $1,000 less than Saquon on DraftKings. And the way this week sets up, you mentioned it, there's a lot of mid tier and low tier running back value. So I think it's going to have a lot of people tempted to pay up for those receivers because we do have. Have receivers that have some pretty good matchups against weak secondaries receivers and some shootouts but we know that no matter how good that receiver is how how uh, great that matchup looks receivers in general they're going to be volatile because even your highest volume guys are only going to get 10 or so targets which equates to maybe seven or eight touches so our highest floor play is still to Take one of these high priced running backs. Alvin Kamara saw 71% of the backfield share last week, including eight targets. Uh, that is way higher than we typically saw with Mark Ingram, even though Kamara was still putting up the good numbers down the stretch. When Ingram was back last year, it was closer to like a 60 40 split. Uh, and, and Latavius, I think he did get a touchdown, but it looks like Kamara is going to be much closer to uh, a workhorse back than we saw down the stretch with
1: Ingram, uh, last year. So then we talk about those mid tier. This is just mm-hmm. flat out discount with the next two yep. guys, Matt Breida, fifty six hundred Fanduel, fifty two hundred DK. Before we get to the other guy, let's let's talk about Breida first because Tevin Coleman's out. I think what Raheem Mostert is going to be his backup. Uh, Shanahan doesn't mind using two backs, but this could be a really nice workload for Matt Breida this week.
0: Sure. He uh, he already saw 15 touches last week um, in a game where he wasn't expected to to uh, be the starter or carry the complete workload. I think everyone kind of thought Breida and Coleman would be close to like a 50 50 touch share. A lot of people were on either side of it, uh, but but it seemed pretty split in the industry of who they liked more. Uh, it seems pretty clear that Breida is going to be the main guy um, against the Bengals this week, with Mostert probably coming in for like a 30. 30- 35% touch share uh, He's not going to get you that like 80% backfield touch share that Some of the top guys are going to get But again, you're getting him at uh, a, a really big discount I mentioned he saw 15 touches last week uh, I think that he could see Closer to 20 touches in this game, uh, I do think there's a scenario where even though the Niners are road dogs where they can have a similar game script to last week, uh, Cincinnati throws at a high rate. Uh, their offensive line is similarly weak to Tampa Bay's and Andy Dalton is someone that has turned the ball over at a very high rate under pressure. So we can, this is jumping way ahead, and I actually didn't even write them down, but we can actually run it back with San Francisco as a cheap defense uh, this week. It's going to be another high-variance play, but uh, I, I do think that they that kind of game script is in their range of outcomes this
1: week. Well, you recommended San Francisco last week. and I went was hard
0: true. on San Francisco last week. Yeah, and it wasn't very popular, but it was fruitful, right? It was nice. It was really nice. They came in 4% owned um, in the Millie Maker, and that was... The, the take that I was on the most last week. So that was a good way to start the year, at least in terms of uh, suggestions for the subs and listeners.
1: Now, you crushed that. You absolutely crushed that. Then we have Gio Bernard. Now, this deserves an asterisk, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. 5,700 Fanduel, 5,300 DK. So Joe Mixon continues to be questionable. He's got yep. the ankle injury. You know, it might be an interesting GPP play, too, just in case, you know, Mixon twists his ankle again and he's yeah. out. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Mixon continues to say, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to play. That doesn't matter. I'm mean, really up to the training staff for the most part but bernard could be a really nice play in this game
0: yeah it's not the uh, the dreaded high ankle sprain for mixon so it does sound like he definitely has a chance to play we're recording this on wednesday and if, if i remember correctly he did not practice so it's a bad start to the week for him uh if so if obviously if he doesn't play i think geo is uh Probably my biggest lock of the week 5,700 on FanDuel 5,300 on DraftKings last year with mixing out We saw Gio get 17 and 19 touches Um, Last week, San Francisco gave up a combined 171 yards to Tampa Bay backs a backfield that doesn't typically uh, uh, Produce much out of their running backs, especially with the mix they have going right now if if Uh, Joe Mixon doesn't play and for whatever reason you are flip-flopping between these two guys you don't want two players in the same price range it doesn't work out for the way you're trying to build your roster or you just don't want two opposing backs um, in a cash lineup I'm leaning Bernard because I do believe that he'll get a higher touch share a backfield touch share than Breda and Cincinnati while they did give up a top 10 finish to Chris Carson last week they actually only held him to 81 yards It was a very touchdown dependent top 10 finish so uh if I have to choose between these two and Mixon's out, it's definitely Bernard.
1: I'm just going to throw one more guy in there, and it's the Chargers, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. Eckler just got so much share. He looked great last week, too. And it's the two injuries that really get it to me because he's he's a pass catching back. Hunter Henry's down. Virgil Green and Sean Culkin are now their tight ends, so they're going to get no work. Green had 19 catches last year. Um, And Mike Williams is not good. So uh, Anthony Lynn's talking, he's saying, we got to bring somebody in. So that uh, keep an eye on that. If Williams is out too, uh, that's even more targets for Austin Eckler, in my opinion. So Mm -hmm. who are they going to throw to? Throw to Keenan Allen, obviously. But then what? You know, uh, Dontrell Inman, Travis Benjamin. I just think Eckler gets a ton more work in a pass game. So one thing that I think people
0: uh, really mess themselves up on when they're trying to project offenses, when something like this happens, Hunter Henry out, um, obviously really opens up some of the sh- more short targets for Eckler. Uh, and then it, like I think Mike Williams is... Trending towards not playing, they want to project the third or fourth guy to come in and, and get some of uh, that work. But one of my favorite things to do in DFS is look for offenses that are the most concentrated offenses in the league. Um, historically, Steelers have been one of those teams between the running back and main wide receiver. The Saints have historically been one of those teams, and the way the Chargers are set up now. I believe that they could be one of those teams between Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. Uh, so especially if Mike Williams doesn't play, I think Eckler probably creeps towards like a top five projection for me, um, at at his position, just because I do believe he's going to get, uh, so much of that work, uh, he is really interesting on FanDuel where he's a perfect, I don't know if you're going to call him a price pivot off of Ingram because I do think Eckler will end up drawing some decent ownership, but I think he might actually be a safer play than Ingram even though Ingram is on a team that's a massive favorite just because we saw Gus Edwards get some work even before that was a blowout. Edwards ended up with more touches because of the blowout, but he was uh, he was cutting into Ingram's workload uh, early in the game and ingram i think he only saw one target so if he's not giving you anything in the past game and baltimore gets up by 14 like they're projected to he could give you like um i don't know like a sub 100 yard game without any catches or a touchdown and
1: uh, eckler's gonna get ton of that passing work all right so there you go um let's get to wide receiver and Listen, if you had Tyreek Hill shares, it didn't work out. I mean, the guy's mm-hmm. collarbone went into his sternum. What are you going to do? Uh, he'll be back. He'll be back later in the season. But until then, and really probably when he comes back, too, because Watkins had a big play when Hill was in there, 7,400 Fandle, 7,200 DK at Oakland, a team that I think the Chiefs should be able to just put tons of points. At. The only thing I think you got to watch for, uh, TJ, and, and I don't even know how much this is going to matter, is that – mahomes tweaked his ankle last week but he was in a a full practice on wednesday and he said it's getting better every day so sammy watkins man uh, to me that's going to be tough to pass up in cash it's going to be really hard to pass up in cash i'm
0: always a little hesitant uh off the the receiver coming off of the monster game because obviously that like i mentioned uh just from the lineup construction standpoint it's just a high variance position um but sammy Watkins is so underpriced still even with tyreek out uh, t- we have him as a top three or four wide re- wide receiver projection on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, he's barely priced inside the top ten on either site I've seen him projected as the wide receiver one uh, from some people in the industry this week and I don't think that's an egregious projection. Oakland allowed the highest touchdown rate through the air last year they ran into a uh, what I think is going to end up being one of the worst offenses in the league in the Broncos last week. So they looked better than they really are. They're going to be down definitely Jonathan Abrams and probably Garen Connolly. He's day to day already after that scary neck injury. But, uh, what's probably one of the worst secondaries in the league now down two starters in a game where, uh, the, the Chiefs have the second highest point projection of, of the week. Uh, I mean, Watkins is, He's their clear wide receiver one now. And, uh, I mean, obviously Kelsey is one A, one B, but we don't know if, uh, if Miko Hardman is going to be a legit wide receiver too. He played 80% of the snaps last week, but only saw one target. So again, going back to those concentrated offenses, concentrated passing games, uh, it could just be Sammy, uh, uh Kelsey and the running backs in this one
1: uh then a guy we both liked last week john brown he has, Mm -hmm. i mean he took a nice bump in salary though 6300 Fanduel now what was he like 5500 last week i want to say somewhere in a 5k range yeah 5200 on dk they're at the giants and josh allen loves them perfect skill set for josh allen
0: yeah, um, I already mentioned um, that the Giants are a team that gave up over 404 last week to Dak. John Brown is a guy that we've typically considered a a, a boomer bust candidate just because he's never been a crazy volume guy. He was 20% target share guy last year with Flacco in Baltimore lineup, but then last week 10 targets from Josh Allen. Um, all of a sudden, if if John Brown has double digit target upside, even if he has like eight to nine target consistency he might end up being one of the best steals of the season if you're in redraft. And then as long as his salary is like sub 7K, he's going to pretty much going to be um a must play uh on any site because he not only is he seeing that volume but average depth of target was 13.3 yards it's actually a little shorter than we've seen from john brown in the past usually he's like around a 16 to 17 yard guy and that's why he hasn't seen target volume but uh three of those targets were 15 plus yards downfield so when you combine the volume uh with the upside those deeper targets those two things combined are are can arguably be as important as something like red
1: zone or goal line targets. Allen Robinson, 7,200 FanDuel, 6,100 DK, Denver and the bears. I am afraid to really play anything but the defenses in this mm-hmm. game. And um, that's why I wanted to bring it up. Is this a GPP player? Or can you yes. consider him in cash?
0: No, but, and I know we usually stick to core plays um, on this podcast, but I think one of the things that, really hurt me last year is, uh, I did a pretty poor job of getting off of my value list. Even when it came to, uh, looking for GPP low own plays, uh, I still would go to those values and just look for the, the pivots or the, the cheap guys. um, in the same game uh, more often than I should have and just didn't go down the list and and look for pure upside. Uh, and the thing about wide receiver is as long as your wide receivers are getting the volume um, and they're the main guy on an offense, even that offense isn't good, they have a lot of upside. And like I said, it's a very high volatility position. Allen Robinson, an- another thing I like about Robinson, they played the Thursday night game so to everybody that's like two months ago like everyone forgot that that game even happened so 31 <laughs> 31% target share in that opening game uh, what really intrigues me he tied with DeAndre Hopkins for the most targets 15 plus yards downfield in week one six targets of at least 15 plus air yards so Robinson is getting crazy volume in this offense that, I mean I don't know who else is going to catch the ball besides uh, Tariq Cohen in this offense and we just saw Tyrell Williams go for one. Five and one against this Denver defense on only seven targets. Uh, I think Allen Robinson, just because he's kind of in an awkward salary range, because there's so many receivers in really good spots, he could be the slate breaker this week.
1: Wow, I like it, man. Thinking outside the box. Let's move on to tight end. And to me, there's a couple guys that I'm considering. You have yeah. both the guys, and then Travis Kelsey, of course, if you want yep. to pay up, just because Kelsey went for one sixty-eight and two. Uh, in one of the games against the Raiders, this, they, they got to get him involved this week. Yeah, but let's let's get to Evan Ingram. Sixty four hundred FanDuel, fifty two hundred DK, Sterling Shepard's in concussion protocol. Um, it, It's against Buffalo. I mean, this guy is just a target monster. Yeah, he's not
0: going to be Uh, he's not going to see 14 targets every week. But with Sterling Shepard possibly out and it's again uh it's just kind of the theme of the show i wasn't even expecting it to be this way but just these super concentrated offenses it could be all evan ingram and saquon barkley this week uh i like i said i don't think 14 targets is realistic but i think like a 30 percent target share is and with Shepard out it's it's possible ingram leads the entire league in targets in week two um you mentioned Kelsey and I think Kittle's viable as well, just because those guys are so far head and shoulders above the rest of league, at least the tight end position, but Ingram could be right there with them. And depending on which one you're comparing him to and what site you're on, you're getting him at a 1500 to $2,000 discount compared to uh, Kittle or Kelsey. And I mean, it's, it's all about that value. And if you're getting that value with that volume, uh, I, he might be the best tight end play of the week.
1: You know, Mark Andrews, your next guy, 6,100 Fandle, 3,800 on DK. I really like that price on DraftKings, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. Did we just make too much out of the Ravens because they were playing the Dolphins last week? Is it nope. possible we did? But we were talking it, up Andrews in the offseason.
0: Exactly, and that's the point I was going to go back to is one of the things that I harp on early on the year is – get value on the guys you expected to break out before their price increases. We already saw a price jump for Andrews um, on both sites, uh, pretty significant on FanDuel, where he's priced up as the uh, the tight end five on the main slate. Um, but if we're looking just cross-site value, he's $300 than, uh, cheaper than Ingram on FanDuel. He's $1,500 cheaper than Ingram on DraftKings. He saw 31% target share uh, in week one, which was tied with... Darren Waller, who we already mentioned as a value, as the third highest target share among tight ends. It was the 14th highest target share across all positions. Uh, and Arizona, they gave up a 6-131 line to TJ Hawkinson last week. It's an Arizona that's missing two starters in their secondary. Uh, similar to TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews is a uh, a deep average depth of target tight end plays like a downfield wide receiver. And I think I mentioned this on this podcast before, and I'm trying to put the comp out everywhere I can so that I could get credit for it. That I think this is (laughs) that I think this is Greg
1: Romans, Colin Kaepernick, Vernon Davis 2.0. Ah, all right. All right. So just know you heard it here or saw (laughs) it on social media first from TJ Hernandez, uh, defenses, Patriots and Seahawks is who you're looking at right now. I'm going to agree with one. I'm not so sure I'm with you on the Seahawks, but the Patriots, man, 4,900 FanDuel, 3,700 DK. The Ravens, too. You got yeah. I mean, come on. The, the Ravens, if you really want to pay up. Patriots, Ravens, 5K uh, for the Ravens on FanDuel, 3,800 DraftKings.
0: It's not hard to uh, pay up for defense this week. The Patriots and the Ravens are going to be mega chalk at defense, both favored by basically two touchdowns or more. I think Ravens are sitting at 13.5 right now. Wouldn't be surprised if that gets above uh, 14. Team by the time kickoff Patriots. We already mentioned 18 and a half or 19 depending where you look. Both offensive lines that they're playing against are horrible. Uh, we saw both defenses play very well, get after the passer in both of their games last week so uh, a, a great floor with a huge ceiling um, in this one and I there's so much value across the board that at least in cash games, I don't think that you really necessarily need to get cute and go away from any of these plays. Um, it's, you're not, you're just not really gaining much, especially on FanDuel by uh, foregoing either of these defenses. And if you are the, getting away from them, the reason you should be going is because you're saving a significant amount of salary, at least like $1,000 or get at least enough to get you up to um, the next tier from one of your running backs or wide receivers. And I, I kind of already mentioned the 49ers as um, a spot to go back to and and I think they're a fine punt but I wanted to mention the Seahawks as um, another a, an ex- insanely high variance play Um I actually saw a couple people end up playing San Francisco in cash. And obviously in retrospect, that would have been great, but Seahawks, um, have a similar, have, they have similar indicators as, uh, the 49ers did last week. They're $3,700 on FanDuel, $2,900 on DraftKings. Um, Pittsburgh led the league in neutral passing rate last year. We're obviously looking for a opportunity for a, uh, a defense to face a team. That's going to throw a lot. Um, The Steelers allowed the third highest adjusted sack rate in week one. So dropping back a lot and uh, offensive line, that's usually been pretty good. All of a sudden didn't look good in week one under pressure last year. Ben Roethlisberger had the fourth highest interception rate and uh, even though Seahawks, I, and I think this is what's going to keep people off of the Seahawks is, um, obviously they're road dogs, but the Niners were last week too. They gave up 400 yards to Andy Dalton last week, but they did have the six highest adjusted sack rate. I uh, remember they added Jadavion Clowney. And, uh, I mean, I, th- I think he probably gets miscast as a great pass rusher. He's a good pass rusher, but, uh, I think they have a good pass rushing unit. And if it was any indication of what Pittsburgh is going to look like this year, I think Seahawks have a very high ceiling. Um, now maybe pittsburgh maybe belichick's gonna scheme great uh that was their first week without antonio o'brien um bill belichick's gonna take away number one wide receiver so it's not surprising that juju wasn't much of a factor uh but there's a chance that pittsburgh just might not be good anymore uh so why not take the chance now on it um on an underpriced defense in cash uh it's gonna have to get you up to like a third or fourth stud but um if if you are really trying to jam in some specific stead. Um I, I think it's I, I, I think the price alone is okay um, just know the floor is very low um, okay. and I'm probably saying that because I had friends that played San Francisco in cash when I was one touting them so hard and now only
1: played them in GPPs
0: <laughs> so i'm right. probably trying to redeem myself there.
1: i get it man i get it uh hey listen we we partner it's four for four here we partner with DraftKings. To bring you any of our four for four memberships for free all you got to do go to four for four.com backslash DraftKings. follow the instructions you'll get our optimal lineups custom waiver pickups draft analyzer software trade evaluator other great features in our membership all for five bucks you can then enter it into contest to win even more so we're super excited to bring you this deal if you want to access it right away go to four for four the number four for the number four four for4.com backslash draftkings and follow the instructions all right Tj let's talk about the game theory segment what are we dishing out today uh finding profitable games and I
0: saw maybe the most egregious thing I've seen in DFS since I've started playing um and that's why i want to talk about it this week it's why i wrote about it in tj's take on 444 at the beginning of the week uh we had two games with million dollar prize pools and no rake that didn't fill in week one um yahoo has a contest with a million dollar prize pool with no rake uh that's running again this week fantasy draft has a game with a million dollar prize pool and no rake that's also running this week. Um, There's a little caveat to Fantasy Draft. They do take a fee uh, when you deposit, and there is a subscription that you pay monthly, but you get to play um, uh, up to a certain dollar amount, depending on what tier you pay for. Now, I do know that um, I've got some feedback that that has rubbed people a little bit the wrong way, Um, but in in, in the truest sense of the word, Fantasy draft isn't taking a rake; they are taking a fee. A rake is a, a, a percentage off of each game. Um, it's obviously semantics. It's obviously a little bit of wordplay, but um, I'm going to explain why it's still cheaper and why people should be considering it and not um, not worry about getting getting tricked by some kind of marketing. Um, but but both of these games are running again this week on both sites, and a lot of people I. I think especially newer people have an aversion to playing on other sites. I know a lot of people that are exclusive to one site. They're just comfortable with the software. Uh, they've got a payout before and it's been quick. So they're comfortable with that. Whatever the reason they might, that might be. I just know there's a lot of people that play exclusively on one site. Um, but I, I want to go through and explain why I think you're probably losing money by doing that. I'm, I'm going to go th- specifically through Yahoo and fantasy draft. Uh, that's going to be the entire theory segment just explaining and giving examples of how and why you're going to save money. And then just before we get into that, just give you an anecdotal example. Be, like it's, it's very like, it's so profitable to play these games that aren't taking a rake, especially when they aren't filling and, and giving overlay because I mean, we use the term free money. You still have to have a decent lineup, but the percent chance of cashing is so much higher. If, um, if the, if the, pool isn't full. Um, And then obviously if they're not taking money out of the prize pool, you're just getting that much more when you do cash. So last week um, I had a couple things that uh, cost me a a lot of money on FanDuel and DraftKings. And I still ended up with a really profitable week because I played on these two sites. Now, is it always going to work out exactly that way and that pretty Uh,
1: as an example? No, but if I didn't play them, I wouldn't have had a profitable week. So I'm looking forward to listening to this. Okay, that's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. You're actually going to, you know, inform me on this uh, as far yeah. as the games go because I usually play. Honestly I play the same games and and I've told yeah. you before I'm a I'm a single entry guy and a three entry max guy. Yeah. And I want to keep it down so you can't put some cockamamie lineup in there out of sure. 150 and all of a sudden you hit. It's like wow. wow, okay, great. You know, you you figured it out, you put the puzzle together. I want to give my be- myself the best shot. Now the prize pools aren't going to be as big, right? But I still want to hit there. So sure. let's start by looking at the games on Yahoo versus DK.
0: Mm -hmm. and and i'm just using dk as an example um obviously love dk and and play on dk a ton but uh i i mean like you said your the price pools might be a little bit smaller uh at at least for now the volume is going to be a little bit lower so it might be hard to find uh head-to-head action but um i i do think a lot of novice players aren't necessarily abiding by the best bankroll management even though uh they probably should be and I, I'm going to use because of all that. I'm just going to use the example of uh, some of these larger multi-entry GPPs that I think probably most people are are playing, even if they they won't admit to their bad bankroll strategy. Um, but for the especially for like the the very low stakes, somewhat novice or or even if you're knowledgeable but kind of new player that's just trying to dip your toes in DFS or a little experience but want to play. Uh, some of these GPPs with some upside, like you can still do that and do it in a profitable way. So, uh, let's just take somebody that has like the bankroll to play only a two or three dollar game. Um, and as much as I've I've told people on this podcast and, and articles on four for four that you should really be game selecting and looking for smaller contests um, that have a more even payout structure. The fact of the matter is. The vast majority of people, when they log on to the sites, they're gonna see the big prize pool. They're gonna see the big first place prize, and that's where they're gonna put their money. So, I'm just gonna lay out why, if you're looking at two sites, you can still do that in a profitable manner. So, right now, the main event on DraftKings for a low stakes player is their $3 tournament uh, called the Play Action. That game has almost 700,000 entries in it, and it is $1,000 to first. But to make a thousand dollars, to cash for a thousand dollars, you need to come in thirtieth place or better. So you need to beat out six hundred ninety-three thousand five hundred seventy people to turn your three dollars into a thousand dollars. If you min cash, uh, come in the top. I believe it's twenty-four percent of the entire field. Um, Again, some some rough math there with that seventy thousand times three. So you still need to be in the top twenty eight, thirty thousand uh, people out of um, seven hundred thousand. You only win five dollars on your three dollars. So you're not even doubling your money if you min cash. You're you're uh, one point seven xing your money, and that's probably one of the biggest oversights that I think people um, ignore when they're looking for for tournaments to play in. Because especially if you're playing. Even if you're not max entering if you're playing uh, 10 or 20 lineups and and you're playing some kind of like 80 20 game mix 80 cash 20 Gpp if you're not even doubling your money when you cash in a tournament uh, it's gonna be really hard to sustain a a, a winning strategy um, just you, you just you just need to be making more money on your money when you do well and if you're cash uh, it's hard to cash in a tournament uh, even though it's a min cash to beat out 75% of the field is not easy to do. And if you're multi-entering, uh, a lot of times you're going to have more lineups that don't cash than do cash. So you want to maximize that money, even if it's a minimum cash. Uh, this tournament, the play action, it's a 20 max. So it's not a 150 max like some of the bigger tournaments. But if you're a little bit strapped on in terms of bankroll, you might not be able to fire off $60 just at a GPP every week. And on top of all that, 16% of the total prize pool is going to the website. Huh. So $3 times $700,000, 16% of that is going to the site. So that kind of factors into why you're not doubling your money if you min cash, why you need to get 30th or better to get $1,000. And this contest is going to fill almost every time. So the deck's just stacked against you um, if you're a low stakes player and chasing uh, this high payout.
1: So, I mean the the big two dollar game on Yahoo. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Fifty six hundred entrance. So right now a thousand dollars is still nice. You right. know, to people. Oh man, I want a million dollars. A thousand dollars, pretty good, man. Even if you're throwing it back in, into what you're doing and trying to win more money, I'm I got no problem with that. And then I still think Yahoo has a problem getting people to play their site and i don't understand why mm-hmm. there's so there are so many uh people that are familiar with yahoo but they just have not gotten the traction in dfs hell man f- five years ago when i knew they were coming out with it i bought yahoo stock i think yeah. it was like Alta now or something like <laughs> that but i went out and i said oh this is going to be huge well thank god the stock went up but not because of dfs they're just not filling right.
0: Yeah. And again, I, I think it's probably just a function of people being comfortable with a certain interface, uh, being comfortable with their money at a certain place, maybe because they've got to pay out faster or they've, they've won before. Uh, I know there's just as, as logical as we want to be. I think once people hit on a certain site and they're psychologically want to stay there because that's where they win. Um, I mean, maybe if it's set up specifically for a type of, uh, game that you play or scoring system, and you've actually done the homework that makes sense, but I'm guessing 98 to 99% of people haven't done that. Uh, but Yahoo, I mentioned that their main event is, uh, is rake free right now. Um, and I know a lot of people, they moved it up to 150 max. So that changes things a little bit. A lot of people can't fire $20 times, uh, 150. That makes sense. But even if you're just looking for a more profitable game, uh, there are better ways to go. And if we look at the biggest game that they're currently offering at at the $2 level, it's probably the closest thing they have comparable to the DraftKings $3 play action. It's obviously way smaller. Like you said, only 5,682 entrants. But first place in that contest is $1,000. So yeah, first place isn't $100,000, but you have to beat 5,000 700 people roughly to get a thousand dollars compared to remember going back if you want to win a thousand dollars in that big event, You have to come 30th or better. You have to beat out six hundred ninety three thousand five hundred seventy people Compared to five thousand six hundred eighty one. That's a big difference and obviously gonna be way easier um, if you min cash on this game and yahoo you double your money so your two dollars turns into four dollars instead of your three dollars turning into five so if you're playing a bunch of lineups and you min cash a couple times you double your money i already explained why that's a big deal uh this game on yahoo it's a 10 max game uh it makes the playing field a little bit more even even if you can't max enter it if uh if you can fire off five bullets at two dollars uh, that's going to put you on a way closer playing field to the guys that are max entering at ten than if you could only fire off three or four at three dollars when you guys when you got guys that can play twenty. It just uh, I mean just makes sense. You want to be able to be as equal to everyone else as possible. You don't want to be firing off one or two bullets when uh, everyone else is firing off one fifty. Obviously, you can win that way, and people have won the biggest contest that way. But I think you're probably at a decided uh, disadvantage. On Yahoo at this low stakes game, only twelve percent of the prize pools going to the site as opposed uh to sixteen percent on on the bigger sites and we've already seen games on Yahoo, not Phil, including their main event so if you have any type of chance at overlay and less people being in the contest than expected when the money's guaranteed, that's just a winning strategy um so i mean i I just want to go over those points and explain why uh there's just it, you're leaving money on the table. Um, it's just like if we do a side by side example, it, it looks like a no brainer. What about fantasy draft? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah.
1: So it's a little bit different on fantasy draft. Yeah. It's, and what it's is
0: a, it's half point PPR. Half point PPR and uh, no no fantasy draft is the the scoring system is the same as DK. Okay, uh, so they're full point PPR. Yeah, Yahoo's half PPR.
1: And then in Yahoo's like Fanduel and fantasy. Right, excuse yeah. me. It's a, they only sponsor my podcast, so I should. <laughs> – No no no. So go on, please.
0: Um, and the extra the extra um um layer to this is that fantasy draft it is a little bit different and i'll i'll circle back to this but they have two flex positions only require two wide receivers so that's that's another layer of strategy um uh, a little bit different but i'm just talking about just payout structure game structure uh and again i i understand why people might be uh, kind of turned away by the initial fee uh what fantasy draft does is they take three percent off your initial deposit and you pay a a monthly fee depending on how much volume you expect to play so one example of a tier is every month you pay fourteen ninety nine and you could play up to three thousand dollars in buy-ins no matter what um so i mean it's not you don't have to have three thousand dollars in cash you can deposit $1,000. And if you win enough to keep playing $3,000 in buy-ins, then that's how much you pay.
1: Okay. So fantasy draft, where am I finding the edge though? Because you do have some fees, but there's gotta be an edge.
0: Right. And other sites have fees too. So the way to illustrate it is I want to side by side again, go back to, uh, a player that's playing on fantasy draft with a flat fee and compare it to a player that is playing, uh, with a rake structure. And I'm going to compare, um, it, this is going to be a very cut and dry comparison. Obviously win rates don't work out this way, um, you're not going to win the same exact every week, but the math works out easy and it's easy to illustrate. If we just look at uh, a player that plays $500 a week in head to heads with a flat fee structure and $500 in head to head with a typical head-to-head structure which is a 10% rake at medium to low stakes um so if we look at a player that typically wins 60% of their head-to-heads which is a very good win rate um and compared across the sites here's what we'll see on fantasy draft let's say that that person deposits the three, the full $2,000 that they expect to use for buy-ins that much, which you don't need to do. Um, you can deposit less, but let's just say they do uh, the 3% on their $2,000 deposit. Plus the 1499 fee that they're going to pay to play $3,000 of buy-ins that month is going to be a $74 and 99 cent fee. And I think that's where people are getting turned off because they're dropping 75 bucks off the bat. But, Let's look at win rates and look at expected profit based on those win rates and see what happens. So if you have a 60% win rate on head to heads on $2,000 in buy-ins in a month on fantasy draft where you double your money every time you win a head to head, uh, that would mean you would have $2,400 in prizes. $400 in profit because you bought you played for $2,000 so $2,400 in prizes minus your $2,000 buy ins that's $400 in profit and then if you subtract your $75 uh, fees up top you have $325 in profit assuming you won 60% of your head to heads that month so let's look at a site that uses a 10% rate structure uh, every time you a head-to-head because of the 10% rake, you're not doubling your money. You're, you're, or The prize isn't double your money. The prize is 1.8x uh, your money um, because of that 10% rake from both players. So if a player won 60% of head-to-heads on $2,000 in buy-ins on a 10% rake structure, that's $2,160 in prizes or $160 in profit. So $160 in profit, on $2,000 of buy-ins for a 60% win rate player from that rake structure. Go back to the flat fee, that same win percentage, $325 in profit. So you're doubling your profit just in those head-to-head games by paying that flat fee structure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy that people are more concerned with feeling like that they're getting cheated on semantics than actually going through doing the math and looking for what's profitable in terms of how you can win the most money. Now there is a caveat here. Like you said, the game isn't the same Uh, fantasy draft. They use two flex positions. Uh, It's that that's going to change the strategy. You can't assume equal competition. I do think that because most novice players haven't recognized this, that the, the general, uh, Player right now, the average player is probably a little bit stronger on fantasy draft than on the other sites, uh, and you just can't, for those reasons you can't assume a constant win rate across sites. And I don't know that you necessarily have the volume available to be able to max out head-to-heads on the sites like you would on um, on FanDuel or DraftKings. But if you just like do the math and look at that, to not at least consider moving some of your action to a site where mathematically you're going to make more money i i think it's a it's just a waste and like i have no monetary incentive to push one side or the other i play on all four sites um i played on all four sites last week a lot on all four sites last week and i mean yeah the volume's on one site but the 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 rake is better on the other sites uh so you're just doing yourself a disservice and i mean if you just go out that this information is available. Um, it just takes a couple hours to go through it and do the math and plug the numbers in. And, and yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but
1: you're going to make more money. Just wanted to do that for you. That was terrific. Thank yeah. you very much for that explanation. I mean, yeah, it, seriously, man. it clears a lot of stuff up because you see a lot of people are like, Oh man, I got to sign up just to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, if you play a certain amount of money, then, you're going to be better off or at least yeah. as good
0: and and if you are somebody that has already been playing on FanDuel or DraftKings um the other site even if they're not publicizing it or you haven't found anything if you send them an email they're probably going to give you some kind of bonus so that's more free money uh and honestly these opportunities probably aren't going to be there much longer like the you need to do this right now. Like you can't wait a month into the season to do this because the opportunities are going to dry up. Either everybody's going to catch wind of what's happening and everyone's going to move over there. So there's not going to be overlay. The the games are all going to fill. Um, or the games aren't going to fill. No one's going to listen to me and the sites are going to adjust and they're just going to make the game smaller and they're going to fill because the game's smaller. Either way, the opportunity is going to be gone. Uh, so, I mean, look into it. I mean, at the, even if you end up not doing it at the very least go back listen to our podcast and and figure out how to game select on the site that you're already on but the whole point is is to game select um and i just wanted to get really deep into those two sites just because i i'm pretty sure that the majority of listeners and the majority of dfs players haven't taken the time to do the side by side comparison so it's a very specific game selection rant but one that i think was worth having um because there was so much money to be had last week.
1: Yeah, and we do have our our lineup generator and our values on Yahoo too. So it's for not both like, sites. Yeah, yeah, and on fantasy draft, absolutely. Yep. So it's not like you know you're going into this unprepared. Like we have right. stuff, we have yep. the information that's sitting right there for you. You just got to put the pieces together. Yep all right man that was great seriously I enjoyed just listening to that and I'm part of the show so uh, again if you want to get in on Yahoo fantasy draft and you're looking for some advice or some some values or lineup generators uh, again sign up with the code DFS MVP get 10% off the site what do we got seven day free trials
0: yeah I didn't mention it at the uh, top of the show because I wanted to reward everybody that stuck with us till the end (laughs) Uh, if you, um, if you go to my Twitter, there is a link, uh, Twitter's at TJ Hernandez that takes you to the page on 444 4 that gives you a free seven day trial. Unlike last week where it was just free content, the entire site's free. All of our projections, all of our tools, all of our lineup generators, you can take everything that I just told you, um, and, and see what we do, Uh, see all the reasons like this is our home base for building lineups uh, on Saturday night. So I mean, it's, it's as no risk as it gets. Uh, So hopefully you guys take a chance to do that.
1: I'll say it again, guys. And if there's any ladies listening, I used to be a subscriber. The content was so good. I called the guys up. I said, I want a job. And I figured out a way to get in. So it really is terrific, and it's going to help you out. That's the only thing I could say because it's, it's an actual testimonial. Uh, rate and review t-shirt giveaway. You leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win. If, what if you leave a bad review? Are we going to hunt them down? Mm, I th- I'll come up with a
0: punishment. I'll, I'll put out a, um, a fake podcast uh, that only goes to their <laughs> thing
1: and give all my worst plays of the week and make them sound like my best plays. <laughs> That's a, I don't know if we have to we could do like a five minute podcast I think I could know? do it yeah. yeah I mean just pick out like the worst plays of the week and Be like, oh you know it's going to be a great GPP play this week Paul Perkins at $4,700 yep. $4, you only must move. play him only move yeah we didn't even talk about Adrian Peterson either but we could talk mm. about that another time uh, anyways follow TJ on Twitter at TJ Hernandez um, if you don't not sure you got the right guy it's got Stewie from family guy and you can follow me on Twitter at Holden Radio. And if you see my picture, it's like a serial killer that's staring right into your soul. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, just wanted to bring that up. And make sure you listen to my pod, uh, Fantasy First. And make sure you read all the TJ stuff. And the site is great. And that's all I got for you, buddy. That was, seriously, that was probably the best theory segment I've heard. That we we've done, and probably since you've done the first 105 shows, that was terrific.
0: Yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Hope it makes sense to uh, all the listeners, and uh, I hope it encourages you guys to uh, go out and try to be more profitable beyond just building lineups. Uh, it's really important. Holden gave you the Twitter handles. Uh, you can also go follow four for four at four for four football. Otherwise, we will talk to you guys in the middle of week three. Four. styles extremists forehead beamers run wild
1: as the kid with the gold cup stepped out like what was popping a yacht Go ball blasting shea-shea chocolate sauteed